Get cooking so I can get cooking. I'm cooking. What's up? Aaron and I are working on getting a jigsaw puzzle finished this week. Ooh. We last attempted a jigsaw puzzle together, I don't even know how long ago. Uh, (laughs) Many years ago, long enough ago that we were in Aaron's parents' old house doing it in the basement and we never finished it. Many moons ago. Yes, but I know that Aaron likes jigsaw puzzles, so that was my small birthday gift to her. So we started it last night. And have made a made a reasonable amount of progress. It's a thousand piece puzzle, so you know it'll take a little bit. But we have a strict timeline because my sister and her boyfriend are visiting us this weekend. Okay. And so, like, if we actually didn't finish it by this weekend, we would find room in our bedroom to put the table that it's currently on. But it would be a bit more inconvenient. So, ideally, we will get it done before then. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what we've been doing. It's kind of been, it, it is kind of, I don't know, just like a nice, boring thing to do, you know? Like, it's not super taxing. It's just like, just something to kind of do with your hands. You're just kind of sorting through pieces, trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been up to. How about Neat. you? You know what? I'm just chilling and living life. I'm trying to, hmm. trying to... I'm trying to get from surviving to thriving is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna manifest this. I'm gonna say I'm confident we'll get there, and that's my that's my goal or that's me me manifesting what I want in the world. Okay, uh, I love it. I'm not sure if I'm confident, but if I say it enough, maybe I'll finally. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we're we're doing it. Little there's always those little frustrations here or there of things that should work but aren't and things that shouldn't be a problem in the world these days but are for sure so just i'm just trying to focus on not getting too caught up in those sorts of little little uh little minutia mm-hmm. uh and focus on focus on the big picture All right. and stuff and yeah i don't know we're, we're, Wait, we're what, a, what a bunch of uh self-help Generic generalizations statements. yeah yep <laughs> i feel like i just got assaulted by a booklet of motivational posters heck yeah <laughs> you better have ink smears on your face after getting smacked with that <laughs> them generic motivation qu- dr- teamwork makes the dream work you know just trying to get a little synergy uh, gosh i am <laughs> like i i know i say these things and i know like i'll admit i was being a bit uh uh, I don't know. Is it facetious? A bit facetious with all of my my word in here, but like, I do sometimes say these things honestly, and it just makes me cringe every time I do it. Cause I'm like, oh, I hate if someone had said that aloud. I don't want to slap the crap out of them. I, I think so hard about what I say while I'm at meetings and work. Yeah, like, I I really do my best to avoid everything that becomes this. If only as like this is my small contribution to. Uh, stop my ever-growing company from becoming too corporate Mm -hmm. it's keeping the language a bit more normal and less Mm businessy i don't circle back to things uh i try not to sync up uh i i'm trying to think of other ones that come to mind but inevitably you can only you can only go so far especially now that i'm working in like an actual sales part of the company a company you know 
a, a part of a company that just has lingo to it that you can't avoid. And I mm-hmm. work with people in like marketing and finance who have the same set of jargon and acronyms and what have you that you just really can't avoid because they're just sort of standard. And then everything else bleeds in from around there because anytime you look up anything about these things, you get, you know, you get riddled with the same corporate speak surrounding it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to fight the good fight, but it's hard. Yeah, it's tricky sometimes. You know what I just thought about that's totally unrelated to this? Yeah. And maybe premature. No, it's not premature. It's not premature. We we never talk about holidays ahead of time. But I'm going to do it because I got questions. Yeah, if anything, we talk about them way after the fact, I feel like. That would be much yeah. more our style. Okay, sure. Sure, let's talk about Christmas. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> I know. Wow, <laughs> somebody's somebody's thinking 10 steps ahead, chess boy over here. I, I'm, now, assuming, I was, I'm assuming we're talking about Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about what are it? Your, I know we've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. You're not a big like costume person, are you? You're not a big Halloween person, are you? No, I'm not a big Halloween person. Um, okay, that's what I thought. I, I think I... Like, I don't want to use a phrase like grew out of it. Like, that's obviously dumb. I just became uninterested in it in the mm-hmm. kind of the middle of high school. Uh, I'm still Same. interested in the candy part. I'm interested in going to the grocery <laughs> st- store and just seeing great deals on large bags of candy. That'll be great. Yes. But I, the dressing up part, I don't know. There's just some, like, mental thing with me. It just never, it hasn't connected in my brain as something I want to do for a very long time. So, yeah. so not really my yeah. thing, no. So, given I'm I'm very much the same way, and given this, I think we're the perfect people mm. to brainstorm <laughs> Halloween costume ideas. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> this feels almost too like, topical for an intro thing, but let's go for it. It we can we can segue to something else. No, no, if, I'm if totally good. Feeling. I'm totally good with this. Okay. So, well, first of all, so let me tell I, you, my sister, my older sister is. Okay. If I remember this correctly, her last Halloween costume as someone who went trick or treating. Like I don't I don't know what her Halloween situation has been after high school. You know, I don't know if she went to Halloween uh, parties in college and what she may have dressed as. <laughs> uh, I I don't think that was really her scene, but I don't know. But her final trick or treating costume as I remember it was a white picket fence. Oh my god. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. That's like hardcore dad humor. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I don't know what you're picturing. She, it was literally a white picket fence in a circle around her that she wore on her shoulders, essentially. Oh, that's actually uh, more intricate than I was expecting. I was thinking yeah. just like like sandwich sign, bits of white picket fence, you know? Nope. It, it, was, uh, it was pretty legit. Um, and I don't remember, I would... I'll give her the benefit of the doubt for this podcast and say that she and her friends had a themed situation that, for all I know, may have been farm-related, and maybe that's the best she could come up with. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But I I have to imagine it came out of some other context, because pulling white picket fence out of thin air seems wild. (laughs) So that's what what I'm bringing to the table here. (laughs) Okay. I, let, let's start off with let's so like i'm thinking like halloween costumes for like adult human beings mm-hmm. like i'm thinking about like the archetypes of like what caught co- like what are the different t- 
types of co- like so you got you got your like you got your like cosplayers yeah 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 you got cosplay so like, monstery whatever you have super traditional Halloween right yeah and like people who go hard at it yep who like actually put an effort like dye their hair put on makeup whatever mm-hmm. is necessary and then you've got you've got the like uh punny jokes. Yep, that's what I was going to say is the puns. One of my favorite was uh, actually they, they were both reasonable ways to uh, interpret this, but they were pretty similar. So uh, an RA that I worked with one Halloween, she dressed up. Um, it was like a green dress with lots of leaves all over it. And then numbers post-it noted on it as well, like 3 and 7 and 11 and 13. And... It could be interpreted. I th- I don't remember exactly which one she w- was. I assume her original interpretation was Amazon Prime. Mm. And I think I thought mm. it was like a Prime Factor tree or something like that. But both mm-hmm. are pretty similar. They're both a pun in some way, shape, or form of a very similar ilk. So th- that are, one I appreciated. Those are way more intellectual puns than I was thinking. <laughs> well, I was that's, thinking, that's the other one that comes to mind. So I was thinking the like quarter tape to your back or potato on a belt. Uh, you're going to have to explain those ones to me. Those are too unintellectual for me to grasp. <laughs> so quarter tape to your back is your quarterback. Oh, okay. Okay. And then potato on a belt is a dictator. Ah, okay. See? Yep. They, I mean, they you, did, you didn't really about... specify where on a belt a potato would be, so that so oh, you know you okay. didn't give me quite the correct impression there. I'm sorry. Oh, maybe it could be a <laughs> a, a tater tail. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't. I couldn't come up with a pun. That's why I was confused when you just said a potato on a belt. I was like, why would I like? I'm thinking like a holstered potato on my side, oh, not it oh, dangling sorry. in front like I'm wearing a jock strap. Yeah. So a potato dangling in front of. <laughs> Your crotchular region. Sure, sure. To use medical terminology here. Uh, But, so yeah, so you got those, like, and then you've got, I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, You've got people who try bizarre things that no one can figure out what they are. (laughs) Like dressing up as someone from some, like, niche thing that no one will know. Yeah. So I just um, I just need to share something quick with you. I may cut this out, but I was just as I was just talking with you there, I noticed this is why I keep Audacity open all the time. My set my uh uh waveforms were getting very very small. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was What the heck is going on? And it turns out it's because my the USB on the back of my microphone was slowly unplugging. <laughs> and apparently that uh correlated it, Apparently, there's an analog part to this digital signal that allows it to just be quieter when it's slowly being pulled out rather than uh, it just disconnecting at some point. <laughs> yeah, the quality also was seriously degraded. Yeah. If you hadn't fixed it immediately, I was going to say something. So I was like, I don't know what's going on, but that's not right. <laughs> okay, okay. So back, back, to the, back to the task at hand. So we have traditional costumes slash cosplayers. We have puns. We have, I, I need to say the obvious one, which is a sexy version of literally anything. Okay, I was going to avoid it, but well, it yeah. just, We just have to address it. We're, we're scientists here. We are, we are um, taxonomers. Okay, we need to be I want to ask you, though. <laughs> I feel like this sexy version of literally anything 
almost is exclusively applied to women. Do you know of examples of this being applied to men? Because I don't know of men's costumes that fit this. Well, um, I'm sure you could come up with some. I'm sh- I, I don't Spider-Man. think it's nearly as uh marketed as cliche it's, yeah it's not it's or... definitely not as cliche and it's not as heavily marketed but i'm sure that there are men out there who uh, uh will take that opportunity yeah Ooh, i got another one you got low effort group costumes yeah sure like three blind mice box of crayons that sort of thing yep, yep. okay I, I don't know what this type of costume is but it's something that keeps popping into my head of like i feel like it's it's low. I don't know. Okay. The idea is like people who dress up as Clark Kent. So you wear like a suit with a Superman t-shirt under it with your shirt unbuttoned. Yeah. I don't know what that fits into it. I feel like there's other costumes like that and they're just not popping into my head. Yeah. I don't it's know. Like I think kind of, I think that there's lots of like stuff from your wardrobe just repurposed yeah, into a costume. There's, there's lots of low effort costumes like that. Like you could go anywhere as like, you know, insert any tech CEO here who has a pretty typical uh, outfit. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that there's just, there's also people who just look a certain way and they probably get as many years out of a particular quote-unquote costume as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, you and I could not pull off Clark Kent. I don't think it would, like, we could because you at least have the, the cl- you could get the clothes to make it clear what the point is. But it wouldn't have quite the same effect. <laughs> That's the other thing. If you're dressing up as like a character, do you actually have to look like them? You don't have to, but I think it helps. I think that's why the sort of full body slash cosplay costumes are popular because you're kind of covering yourself up. And, and it also helps if it's more generic. Like anyone can go as a zombie or a vampire because there's like yeah. a generic set of things that create that costume versus... An identifiable particular person or character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we've done a good job of going through some of like the archetypes or general ideas. But what about so like after you brainstorm ideas, if you're like actually choosing a costume for you at least, mm-hmm. what if you had to? Yeah. What would like what would go <laughs> into your thought process of like I want to dress up as this or like what re. What factors do you consider in that choice? What should be important? What shouldn't be important? Honestly, for me, it would just be the least amount of effort that I can put in. So, so I, I wouldn't be a quarterback. Well, if I were, if I, I don't think I could pull off that boring of a pun thing just because that doesn't quite fit with my aesthetic, let's say. Okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't like that myself for me. I think that's particularly lazy. If I had a reason to go somewhere where I wanted to dress up in a costume, I would probably just go buy a costume. Like something that I can just wear and then store for another day or, you know, sell or whatever, right? Go to your local Mm -hmm. Spirit Halloween and see what they have in stock. Because I don't, like, I I wouldn't do the whole, like, oh, like I'm not a cosplayer. I'm not going to go put on a bunch of makeup or mess with my hair or anything like that. You know, or or get or get to go to a bunch of, um, you know, uh, goodwills or whatever, and and compile the precise wardrobe that I want to recreate this character. 
Like I, yeah. I don't find much fun in that process. So I would, again, I would go the low, low effort in terms of, I just need to go somewhere, pay a little bit of money and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all I would do if I had to do something this year. Okay. Yeah. So you're shooting for still decent, but as low effort as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it should be sort of boring and like, like boring in terms of, I'm not trying to do anything unique. I'm not trying to wow anybody. If anything, I'm doing what I do in any, like, I'm imagining that I have to go to some large social gathering for this, you know? And I, and I just want to kind of blend in. Okay. Say, say like Aaron has like a, I don't know, like a work Halloween party that you get drugged to and you have to wear a costume. Yeah. So that's what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. And it would be something pretty, pretty minimal in terms of effort. I just, just, yeah, mm-hmm. again, like I'm not looking for some outlandish costume. I'm just looking for something kind of right down the middle. Like, yep, this is sure a Halloween costume. And that, and that's good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like for, like for sure. example, I, I, I think several years in middle school, high school, I, I wore a, a scream costume. Okay. Like straight down the middle. It's really easy to wear. Uh, and it's certainly a Halloween costume. You know, it was there at the Halloween store, and I got it, and got some use out of it. It's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, in terms of costumes that I've had, I've had well, some like. Or, or what would you pick years. now? But See, if you'd like to instead wow us with your uh, selection over the years, that's cool too. What would I pick? So okay, what I would pick now. One of the factors is like. Trying to decide, like, does who I am now matter? Like, so I have long hair right now, which you are aware of. Mm -hmm. And, like, does that have to affect if I... Because, like, I dress up as, like, freaking, like, Mr. Rogers or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, low effort, clothes I already have, don't have to spend in time. (laughs) Just, like, put the outfit that I've been avoiding putting together, just put that outfit together. But, like, Mr. Rogers didn't have long hair. He also didn't have blonde hair. Hmm. But, like, in the past, like, I've done, like, I've so I've done, like, the whole Clark Kent thing or whatever. And I was talking to someone, it was, like, last year or something. And I was telling them about that. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, you could never pull off Clark Kent. Like, you don't look like him at all. I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point. Like, everybody who saw me knew exactly who I was. Because it's obvious. Unless you're an idiot. Mm-hmm didn't matter that my hair is not the right color and like i don't have the right style of glasses like come on yeah but again there's like a there's a key part to that costume that makes it clear yeah yeah it's obvious because it, the it superman would, it would be like if you walked around with like a white glove and people are like oh you're michael jackson and you're like yep you got it yeah like maybe in poor taste but people would probably get it it's just not a good costume <laughs> yeah but um Oh, what are some of my other bangers that I'm willing to shit and talk? <laughs> oh, God. The one that I had, like, almost blocked out of my mind until my high school graduation party when my mom brought out pictures of it and didn't tell me she was going to <laughs> was fifth grade. Um, I dressed up. This is so generic. I dressed up as a girl. Mm-hmm. It was a real solid costume, too, because... And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say this is just your neighbors BSing you because you were a little kid trying to pump you up. 
But I guarantee you, like I've talked to the same neighbors years later and they legitimately believe this is they came up to me the day after Halloween and asked where I, or like we saw them the next day and they asked, oh, like, oh, did you go trick-or-treating with friends? Because like your sister had her friend. So they thought that it was just like my sister and a friend who was dressed weird (laughs) come around trick-or-treating. Nice. I nailed it. Nice. Had a great wig. Best my hair has ever been. Yeah. Full bodied. What do you mean full bodied? I don't know. Isn't that oh, a hair. In, in hair. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't a glass of wine, Mark. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I was a person, not wine. Yes, that that hair had way more body than I could even imagine having in hair. Mm-hmm. Like it was poofy and like kind of curly. Um, I had kind of like a seventies thing going. I had like a shawl on and like. Like, looking back, it probably looked like I was about to, like, smoke a J or something. But Yeah, it looked like a really bad costume put together by a small girl. <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly, yeah, completely. <laughs> I had on probably, like, a jean skirt or something. Like, this big, like, shawl, like, chunky shawl. Just this bizarre hair. <laughs> That's funny. That was a good one. Uh, oh, I dressed up as Harry Potter in first grade. I dyed my hair black. It was black for That's a long some commitment. time. It was black for a while. I like that move. I had I had an owl and like a I think it was like like the tube part of a sock, like with the end <laughs> cut off, so it was just a tube. The owl was like attached to the sock and then I had it like on my arm, so it was like an owl on my arm. It was great. Nice. Honestly, that was when I peaked. That was my peak in Halloween costumes because I killed it. And I was just like super cute, but yeah, I don't have a memory of any particularly good costumes ever. Like I think all of my costumes were like pretty regular costumes. I don't think yeah. I did anything particularly good, particularly bad. I'm I'm pretty sure every single costume I ever had was just like a costume that you would just like buy at the store and put on. Yeah. So I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm just lazy. Not a big Halloween guy, again, except for the candy. Grant has brought Monty by Jim Medic. Uh, We have uh, a man who is tied down to his bed by what seems like obnoxiously small rope. Like, it seems like it would dig in quite a lot. And there are these small kind of toy-looking soldiers on his uh, on his side table next to the bed. And the man, obviously looking a little frustrated, is saying to these small toy soldiers, No offense, guys, but you've got to be kidding if you think your mini Microtian army could ever beat a normal-size army. And the... Uh, <laughs> These uh, small little soldiers who I guess now we know are sort of very tiny aliens or something, uh, or something, who knows, uh, cut them off and say, ah, but you underestimate us, surface dweller. The size of an adversary is of no concern to us, says the leftmost soldier, and the middle one pipes up. Our peoples have a long proud tradition of military triumphs against enemy forces considerably larger than our own. 
Uh, the one on the left comes back. We persevered through Worm War 1 and Worm War 2. And the uh, soldier, either in the middle or on the right, it's unclear from the speech bubble, says, not to mention the 68 massacre of the gerbil. Oh, so Mark, first question for you. Mm-hmm. Did you preview this comic? Did you look at this comic before you read it, or did you go in like cold? I mean, I went in just to add my comment that this is for episode 170, but I did not read ahead. So if okay. you're curious if I was able to pull my crotion just out of nowhere, yes. No, uh, <laughs> that, I was, I was wondering, like, were you aware there were dudes as you were, like, describing the first scene? Yeah. Okay. I clocked that pretty quickly. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or anything, but. <laughs> oh, no. No, that that's not it at all. Okay. <laughs> J- just your, your description was odd to me. Hmm. And you just described it differently than I would have. Okay. But it was it was totally okay. Like, I'm sure the readers got it. Okay. Or the, I'm sure all of the readers got it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there are none of them. So, yes, mathematically, all of them did get it. That it see? I only say the truth, Mark. <laughs> no. So, what I was talking... Gonna... gonna uh, gosh, I'm just flustered. Uh, the, the words that I was going to say towards you about... <laughs> Uh, comic that I chose for this week that was just read by you. This seems like a script that I gave you, like a templated script for how to transition, and you're just not <laughs> filling in any of the Mad Lib style blanks I left for you. <laughs> Precisely, Mark. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, the the dude is battling against the the little the little soldiers, you know. And they're adversaries. Sure, you could say that. Yeah. So, what do you... Uh, I had this, like, so planned out. I even, like, found this comic earlier today, and now I'm freaking fracking it up. Um, uh, what do you think about, like, adversarial, uh, discussions versus, like, discussions with people who agree with you? Do you think one or the other is more useful or valuable or like what are the pros and cons of each hmm. in particular i mean like about discussing say like i don't know let's just as an example say like a science like a why does something happen sort of topic like why is this the way it is sure uh so there of course needs to be some context right so an when we say adversarial, there's there's a whole lot on the spectrum of Good someone question. doesn't agree with what I'm saying, right? Like, there are certain parts of a conversation where someone largely agrees with you, where then um, you get disagreement. Like, in an actual scientific discussion, I feel like this would happen a lot, where a conversation, let's say, in physics or chemistry could be we both see that this is happening, or we both see this data, but we have a slight disagreement on the subtleties of the mechanic that causes it, right? Yes. That's very common. And there's certain part, there's certain levels of that which are in agreement, and there, and there may be what feels like much larger parts to those people, even though someone on the outside is like, what are you 
talking about. Uh, but those people view that as a large gap between them. Um, but at the same time, I, most of the time you would hope that isn't adversarial, but trying to understand more. So that's, that's the kind of meaning that I was getting at by adversarial. I wasn't meaning okay. like someone like attacking someone personally or sure anything more extreme. People who have a disagreement about, for this example, say like, yeah, the mechanism of some scientific phenomena. So, and, and I trying to investigate the real mechanism and prove that their belief is right and the others is wrong. Mm hmm. So now I'm curious because this it wasn't actually in my head until I finished saying what I was saying. But if I'm you feel uh, upset, what if you're if you're gonna pull out exactly where I came up with this idea from, I'm gonna be mad. Okay, so I have I have two things in mind, and it's real fifty fifty which one you're thinking of. So I'm gonna go with Have you can seen <laughs> Have you seen the ruled effect videos? Because um, those are much more niche, and I figured that that would be the one less likely to be the thing that you brought up. So you are free to bring up the one that you actually are thinking of, which is probably so the other one that I'm thinking of. By Mould Effect, you mean by the... Chain what's fountain. his name? Okay. Is is it just from those videos, or is it from something more specific than just those videos? Well, okay. So, gosh. <laughs> yes, it's it's generally from those videos, and that makes me angry. Like, I knew this is a creator that you list, watch, so, so I, was, oh my goodness. I wasn't surprised. Were you but. actually thinking of the Chain Fountain one, and that's specifically the one that you were thinking of? Yeah, so I was thinking about a comment uh, from Veritasium on one of those videos. Well, there's... Okay. Oh, did, oh, did Dirk actually, like... I don't know why. Don't, don't worry about the fact that I just called him Dirk. That's a very far... Very long inside joke. Uh, <laughs> to a different Perfect. piece of media that I uh, listen to. But, so are you saying that he commented on one of the Mould Effect videos by either Steve Mould or um, Electroboom? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And this is, I assume you also have the context of Derek's own sort yes. of, yeah, okay, that prompted this other thing. Okay, cool, cool. Then we're all on the same page. Uh, for listeners who aren't somehow on the same page. No, this ruins everything. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. We can be on the same page. I'll pretend like I'm not. <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I try, I'm already losing track of the. Okay, so the the, the original question was before <laughs> before I guessed at what I'm was going so on lost. is adversarial versus talking with someone about something you agree on, right? And you gave yes. me as usual a very <laughs> general prompt to just talk about that. So. <laughs> Don't worry. Do you want us to just take this in left field? Can we talk well, about something totally? Let me, let me just say what I was thinking. Um, now that the I, now that our readers have no idea because we've just like gone back and forth without actually explaining what we're talking about. I think I think an adversarial using our clarified definition of what that means, which is more specifically like there's an agreement that both parties are seeking to understand, right? Yeah, inquiry-based investigation. Then that tension naturally is going to drive to more inquiry, like a, a better, more robust conversation overall, versus if two people are just okay. talking about things that they already agree on, I think that may uh, allow for maybe extension 
into something else. But it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's it's likely to be as robust. Like I think that first I mean, first of all, do two people really agree on fully on one thing? Maybe not, but like if you think of like what conversation are two uh, physics majors going to have about like acceleration down a ramp or something, right? Like the conversations about something get interesting when you find some point of disagreement, even if it's subtle. So mm-hmm. you, you tend to just poke at something until you find something that has just enough wiggle room that you can start to dig into that. But there's a, there's a reason that scientific discourse and media that people enjoy listening to is not just a bunch of people agreeing on something. Even in, like what feels like a potentially uniform situation. Like let's talk about like a, a political talk show or something where everyone is sort of on the same side of things. Right. But there's always a person in there who will voice some sort of disagreement or some point to exaggerate on something to give, to be like a foil. I think that that's very common. So I don't know. I I just think that Mm -hmm. most discourse is inherently more interesting and more valuable once some point is discovered like to start it and then hopefully you reach some point of agreement at the end but i think that that tends to be the conclusion of that uh more times than not and maybe there can be more to go from there but it's more likely that you reach okay we agree on this and now maybe we find some other point now that we've reached you know, we agree on point X, but now we're confused about point Y now that we think about it more and we don't quite agree on that. And mm-hmm. I think that tends to be the ebb and flow of a lot of this stuff. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. I'm going to change the, and we can move on if you would prefer to do that, but I'm going to change the question a little bit. So if we're thinking about now we have two people who their goal is to inform, so people who are either having a conversation in front of others or who, as with the example that spurred this whole conversation, are making, say, content for the internet with the hopes of informing others about a topic. Um, These two people are going to collaborate. Do you think that... What do you think is the most effective strategy to thoroughly inform the audience about the topic do you think if two people were collaborating and they're trying to figure out how to do it the best way would they gravitate towards working together to make the most quote-unquote effective presentation of the information or would their most effective presentation of the information be them putting on a kind of theater-esque disagreement because that is a good way to effectively communicate information. Um, I I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer. I think it depends on just what your goal is. I think that because you know historically there, there's a lot of history behind the Socratic dialogue of sorts, right? I think that's how, if I if I remember correctly, that's how like Plato wrote like all of his stuff is like him talking to an imaginary Socrates about stuff. 
Uh, yeah, I maybe, just vomited into my glass, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, but like that is that is a thing. Obviously, like there there is a lot of benefit to uh, like e- even if you're just thinking of like teaching techniques and you just want some effective video. Is it you know? Do you want to have someone purposefully playing someone who is acting as someone totally misunderstanding what's going on? Right. Like if you look at a lot of older Veritasium videos. That's a big thing that he does is literally Mm -hmm. go out on the street, you know, go to some college and just say, hey, let's demonstrate all these misconceptions that you have. And then let's correct those misconceptions. And he shows that entire process in the video rather than a video just saying this is truth. Right. And and I think that Mm -hmm. he's shown that that's very effective for certain things. Um, Maybe, you know, (laughs) it's... Maybe someone just hasn't really gone through the motions of making, let's say, math videos that do the same thing. Maybe there's something inherently different about those subjects or about, like, learning things about, like, English or storytelling or something like that. That's that's very different in spirit. I, I don't really know, but I think both have their place depending on the goal. If the goal is reference, obviously just coming straight through the front door with what the heck's going on, as long as there's consensus about it, is the right way to do it. And if the goal is Mm -hmm. a more complete picture for a first-time person who, who, like, is interested in that journey, then, yeah, having the full conversation about, like, how this actually did go in the case of the couple of situations that we're thinking about that have have been actively being resolved uh, this past year, or... Um, how things would have or could have gone in the past for something else that people were confused about and, and sort of demonstrating what that process looked like in a condensed manner, I think can be very useful. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you're going to sit on the fence and not answer my question. You asked which was better. And I said, it depends. I gave very specific answers to each situation. <sighs> right. Okay. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's Mark's show, so I can't disagree with him. So I'm just no, disagreement is the whole point of conversation. That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what you said. It's what I said earlier. I said it makes it more interesting. Yeah, you may have said that phrase. <laughs> but anyway, so tonight we've also got poorly drawn lines. Sorry, I'm just segueing because we're uh-huh. into the weeds. <laughs> Is that okay? Do you want to no, keep going? I'm sorry that I'm sorry, I, Mark, I didn't want to. No, I'm don't sorry interrupt that I, your plan. I know I'll just get edited out. I'm sorry like that I, I ruined do. your comic. That I didn't answer the question the way that you wanted me to. But if you have clarifications to make, that's fine. I just don't know what you want. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine, Mark. Ooh, I I just got a good idea for next week. I hope I write it down so I don't forget. Um, <laughs> but I just got a great idea. Uh. Anyway, uh, now that we're thoroughly in whatever place of the podcast this is, we got Poorly Drawn Lines by, uh, oh, I've said this name before, uh, Reza Frasmand, Ferrismand, Ferrismand, there we go, uh, so we, we got a ooh an intellectual looking bear with some you know you know the bear is smart uh because it's a uh 
humanoid looking bear and it's got glasses on like like the wide like the two glasses are like spread far apart and they're like kind of down low below its eyes like it's looking over its glasses at you that's how you know it's smart so, so we got a bear we got we got a bird that's sitting on a the an arm of a chair or a couch or something and and the bear says i have a theory kevin we're all dumb we don't know anything and we want to be told what to believe. Bird, looking back at Intellectual Bear, says, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm 100% on board so far. Ha! I feel attacked, but it's okay. So I'm pulling a grant tonight. Ooh, are we talking about surfboards? Uh, close. We're talking <sighs> about ironing boards. Oh my gosh, I got the right word at least! You did. Good job. Hell, I'm killing it. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't. I'm not sure if we've talked about ironing, but I'm curious what your your oh, approach is to thoughts. dealing with things that need to. Be, okay, go for it. I figured you would. Of all people, <laughs> I got thoughts. Ironing is the best thing that I hate doing. Because <laughs> like a a prop like a well ironed shirt by some like not just like ironed by someone who knows what they're doing by someone who cares. <laughs> this this matters. They care. Like mm-hmm. a a properly ironed shirt is just like mwah, just like it's great. I think it looks great, feels great to wear. All 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 that jazz, you know. But I freaking suck at ironing. And it just, like, takes me way too long. I'm sure if I put in the time, I would just be, like, a pro and I would be someone who cares and as a, and is efficient at the same time, like, in a few minutes. But it takes me too long. So I will admit, I I do one of the, the dirty tricks when it comes to ironing. And, and that dirty trick is a, a way to avoid ironing shirts that aren't, like, like proper dress shirts need to be ironed or else you look bad. Not bad, but like you look like you're wearing a shirt that you didn't know how to iron. And so my trick is always you wash a shirt, you put it in the dryer. You got to dry it until it's still like a little bit wet, which is a very bad descriptor of the point you're looking for. But it's hard to explain because I have uh, poor language skills. Uh, yeah, you dry it to the point where if you were to open up the dryer and you'd feel it, you'd be like, all right, it needs another 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, oh, it, needs, yeah. it needs like five to 10 more minutes to be dry, but it's still definitely wet. So you take it out and immediately you take it and you like, you, you don't like whip it like a towel in front of you, but you kind of hold it by the shoulders and you like, you, you flap it like you're trying to blow away some papers and so the bottoms of it whips a little bit makes a little cracking noise and then you Mm -hmm. immediately hang it up and button the top button and then if it's not super nice looking you can like whip it again one or two more times most like casual dress shirts i find if you do that they look good enough for like their own style you know i gotcha and so that's how i avoid most of my ironing the other half is i just bite the bullet and i do it and then I just like try to live in the fact that I have an iron that's way too good for me, because uh, it was a gift for my grandma who's a quilter, so it's like <laughs> a nice iron. 
um and just like try to try to revel in that and like no i got i got equipment i got the right equipment to do this i can do it grant you can do it i believe in you i believe in you too but yeah yeah I think the the main takeaway from this segment will be you own an iron and I do not. <laughs> you don't own an iron? No, nah, man. Do you own a steamer? Uh, I've no. I oh. think I've ironed like three things in my life. Ironing makes me so nervous. Like, yeah, I'm not that. I'm actually like, I think I do a good job at it, but I just get so nervous that I'm gonna like mess it up real bad. <laughs> you'll be a. Uh, you'll you'll be the. Uh, uh, the uh, person who irons for the wedding. How about that? No, please. Get real good for that. <laughs> Don't was, worry. We're, I'm renting a suit. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, was this, was this the actual intention behind this? Because I'm upset now that I just walked into no, that. No, not at all. Not at all. Oh, you know the other <laughs> hack? The uh, I'm traveling, and so like I had to fold up clothes into a bag, but I don't want to actually iron them now that I'm at the hotel hack. Mm-hmm. Hang it in the bathroom. I have heard this one. And turn on the shower super hot for like 10 to 15 minutes so it steams up the bathroom real bad. I honestly, I read that somewhere or like saw it in a video or something and I thought it was total horse crap. I was like, this will never work. I've I've heard the exact same thing. (laughs) And I've used it and it's amazing. (laughs) It works so well. Like you got water dripping down the walls of the bathroom, but like it works well. I mean, luckily for me, our bathroom in our apartment has basically no ventilation, so I wouldn't even need to be in a hotel for this. It would just work. Oh, so that's why you don't own an iron. You just got the perfect apartment for it. Yeah, that's that's exactly why I don't own an iron. <laughs> just hope there's no drywall in said bathroom. Um, Unless you love I don't know. mold. It's, it's been... The shower's been like this probably for a long time, and the only indication of it being a problem is all the rust on the door hinges at the top of the door, so. Oh, big oof. Well, <laughs> it was like that when we moved in. The door still opens and closes without a squeak, so it's fine. And when it does squeak, you know what you do? Take a chisel to it. I was going to say get your old friend some WD-40. Well, I, I knew. Oh, that's the obvious answer. I wasn't sure if you'd come up with a joke or something. Or just, like, some vegetable oil, to be honest, like... Yeah. It'll go rancid, but like who's gonna taste it? Mm-hmm.